0: Welcome to the Triskillian, the Purica podcast, where it's all about nature, science, you. He's Finn Shanahan-Dover. He's part of Team Purica, and we call him the Karate Kid. Of course, we had an opportunity on the Triskillian, the Purica podcast last year to have Finn on board, talk about his karate roots, and we'll Touch upon some of those roots because you can't do karate without having your mind into it as well as the body. Uh, we're here on this episode of The Discillion to talk about exactly that. Mental performance, mental discipline, mental visual- visualization, all the things that you can do to get the most out of work, play, and life in general. Uh, Finn, I want to start with a really simple question. Mental discipline, do you either have it or you don't? Is it something that can be learned?
1: Um, I, I believe it can be learned. Absolutely. I think a lot of, uh, mental skills in life can be learned. And I mean, I had, uh, when you had me on last time and we spoke about how I got into martial arts, um, people will remember that I wasn't particularly active before I was, very much into the sedentary lifestyle, kind of a loner. Enjoyed video games when I was growing up. They were just bringing out new versions of the PlayStation. Pokemon was a hit, and I was absolutely loving it. And uh, there were, were these-
0: you a Galaga kid? Did you did you play Galaga back in the day?
1: I didn't. No, no. I was much more a fan of uh, of the beat 'em up games like Tekken and uh, the arcade kind of games like that. <laughs> um, But yeah, it was, uh, it was really good fun. Uh, but essentially where I'm going with that is there was all this opportunity to kind of dive into that sort of lifestyle and, um, not really have to exercise too much mental discipline. And I think when you're, uh, when you're young, it's very much down to the parents. And it's a, it's a tough task to kind of instill that discipline. And to recap that story, uh, My mother just had enough one day and she was like, "Okay, I'm going to outsource some of this teaching and take him to a karate dojo and hope that they can uh, give me a hand. And she did the right thing because there was the beginning of learning and honing mental discipline as well as physical skills, because sometimes you don't want to get up. You don't want to go train. You don't want to try something new that you're going to be terrible at. You know, I think that's something that if you're a shy kid, it's, it's something that you never really want to do. And the funny thing is, and the thing I've been pondering lately is how as adults, we want to do it even less. I find as we kind of uh, grow up and we're expected to specialize more, we're expected to have proficiency at things, whether it's being proficient at parenting or being prof- proficient at a uh, at a specific job you know i mean for example myself throughout the my entire educational um sort of experience you start very general as you're younger and then you slowly narrow the funnel into something that you want to do right in my case it was nutrition um in other people's cases it's being a doctor and then specializing or maybe you're going into trades and you decide to become an electrician but not a plumber that sort of thing right and i think as adults you end up becoming more and more specialized so you end up trying less things and then the idea of trying something new is kind of daunting and you kind of settle into routine and that's where mental discipline really comes in you have to have that discipline to say actually no this is the way i'm going to live whether it's trying something new or maybe switching up the routine a little bit. So long on long winded answer to that question. But no, I I do really think that mental discipline is something that you can learn uh, throughout, throughout life. Not, Not just, there's not a specific phase where it's acquired. I think you can just learn to practice that skill throughout your lifetime.
0: We're talking to Finn Shanahan Dover of team Purica talking about his mixed martial arts background and how it's helped him on the road to mental discipline, mental clarity. Uh, Let me follow up with this question. Can you be physically alert without being mentally alert?
1: Yes. Yes. And um, I'll give you an example of that. So you can be physically alert, like physically prepared, ready for something, uh, going about your day. A nice example I like to use for this is if you're going about your day and doing a menial task let's say you've been settled into your routine for a really long time maybe you get up you brush your teeth you leave the house you get to your car once you're in your car you think oh goodness did I lock the door? and then you go back sometimes people will go back and check sometimes people will chance it depending on what neighborhood you live in that could be a little risky but sometimes people will go back and check and find the door locked you be like, well, goodness me! No one else was in the house, so I must have locked it. So you're physically able to do things, you're prepared for stuff, but you're mentally checked out. So yes, I do believe that's the case. And I mean, you hear it all the time. The scary one that people tend to reference is, I was I was driving, and then all of a sudden I was home, and I I just can't remember the drive. And it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy that it does that. But that I've been reading a lot into this. And typically, what happens or what's going on in those situations is your brain adapts so well to a routine, and we're still stuck. I mean, we jumped up the evolutionary food chain pretty quickly because of how quick our brain evolved. But we're still in that energy conservation mode. So if your brain gets adapted to a routine and it's not learning too much, it will start closing certain things, certain uh, areas of activity off, so that you've got just enough to carry out that routine, but then you're conserving energy for survival, which is really interesting, right? And I think they're even thinking now there's hypotheses going around that, okay, maybe that can be a cause of cognitive decline. If you're so set into a routine and you're not practicing and your brain, the areas of your brain aren't active, well, then that principle of if you don't use it, you lose it comes in. And those areas start to shut off if you're not stimulating those nerves, they eventually become obsolete and there's no need for
0: them anymore, so they die off.
1: So yeah, very interesting. But um, yes, physical preparedness can be around without mental preparedness.
0: Now we don't have to go too deep into shiatsu, acupuncture, those kinds of modalities, but let me let me ask you this: in in terms of you know energy flow. Uh, if you are physically active, you're probably going to be more mentally active, and if you're more mentally alert, you're probably going to be more physically alert. Even though you know everything you said about our innate state is is true, what have you? Uh, considered in terms of how important movement is like really basic movement as a kid as a teenager as a young adult throughout adulthood you know all the way into your seniors how important for brain function and mental performance is your ability to move freely
1: oh my goodness i it can't be overstated in my opinion i was listening to um I believe it was a video on YouTube the other day about this. There was I I can't remember his name, but there was a leading neurologist speaking about this. And the amount of brain activity required to move your body and coordinate movement when compared to something like, um, I don't know, something that, that most people would consider physically daunting, like learning a complex mathematical equation. It doesn't even compare to how complex and how active the brain is when you're learning how to move your body. You've got to think all the stimuli that you have to take into consideration. um, Let's think about uh, the most popular sport here in Canada, right? Like hockey. You think about the so many different nerves have to fire in order for you just to stay balanced on the ice. And then once you've got that and you've figured out how to contract your muscles so that you're not wobbling like a freshly born doe, you're now having to think about, okay, well now I've got this stick and I'm using two hands and now, oh, there's this other player hurtling towards me. How do I move out of the way? Oh, and hold on a minute. I actually have to control this puck as well. Think about how complex that is like that the barrage of information that your brain has to use and then convert and then make sense of so that you can do that with any sort of proficiency is pretty astounding. And it's the same with anything. So mixed martial arts, for example, something that I really enjoy, the amount of full body coordination that's needed even to just throw one punch, for just the mechanical movement of your body to throw a punch. And this isn't this isn't even considering how much information you need to process with your eyes. How far away is the person? Do I need to worry about what's coming back at me? Analyzing his movement, checking the distance, all of these different things your brain has to process. And it's so important. And when you're doing that, you really are engaging multiple areas of the brain and mind. So yes, it's, it's very, very important.
0: You're in the Natural Health Zone with the Triskillian, the Purica podcast. You sort of intimated there that your dance was martial arts. Uh, that was your your dance. It was the way for you to dance. Uh, is that something that you often talk to a lot of friends, uh, you know, about is if you can just move in whatever way calls you because it's just so darn good for you.
1: Absolutely. Yes, yes, for sure. I, this is what I'm trying to tell friends, family, close ones now. Movement is key. And the best way to ensure that you're getting movement is just pick something up, find something, not necessarily something that you know, but find something new and just try it. Something that involves movement, whether it's learning how to play the piano and coordinating your fingers or guitar. It can be dance, like you said. Find something like that that you're not too good at. Pick it up, start it, suck at it for a little bit and then get proficient in it because that's going to have so many benefits, not only for your mind, but for your happiness too. We as humans, like I said, we don't like sucking at something, but we love being great at something. So if you can find something that challenges you and challenges you in a way that you want to keep getting better at it, just do that. And once you do that, if you're physically active then you're getting kind of like a two in one benefit there. You're gonna get all the benefits for your mind, but you're also gonna get all the benefits of exercise. You know, reduced risk of chronic disease, better blood sugar control, better heart health, all of these positive things, the, the great flow rush of endorphins that you get after training.
0: So physical movement, no question, good for the brain, good for the nervous system, good for mental performance what are some of the other things that you've brought into your life to enhance your mental clarity, your mental sharpness?
1: I'd say a big, not even a big, I'd say the biggest thing that I've learned from, I'll relate this back to my practice of martial arts, uh, something that transfers over really well into everyday life is visualization. So that technique for me, I'll give you a bit of background. That technique for me was huge. It was really important in training for martial arts competitions. And uh, I'll give you my first experience of it that my head coach, my current head coach taught me. And this was in the lead up to my uh, first amateur fight. So it was a long, grueling I believe it was seven or it was seven week camp of hard training and then one week of adaptation. So you do seven weeks pretty hard. You're training maybe twice a day, at least an hour each session. And it was for a kickboxing fight, and uh, that can be really stressful. I mean, that whole camp in general, I was uh, I was at this sticky, I was in the sticky situation because I didn't have as much experience as uh, the pro guys. But they, the pro guys were the only people that were in my weight category. So all the other guys that I had similar experience to, it kind of wasn't really fair me sparring them because or practicing with them because I had that big size advantage and it wasn't realistic for my fight. So throughout the entire camp, I was sparring these pro guys. And Tom, when I tell you I was getting my butt kicked, I mean I was getting my butt kicked every single Friday. It would be technique all the way throughout the week. And then Friday would come along and I would just get my butt kicked. And it was just, it was was not fun. For seven weeks straight, I was just getting my butt kicked. And I remember one sparring session, I just hadn't, I, I think it was maybe week six, I hadn't won a single round. I hadn't won a single round in the training room. And I just stormed off after the session. I finished the session, I stormed off, I came home, there was all this stress. Uh, I can't even remember what now, but I got into an argument with my girlfriend and I just left the house and went for a walk. And uh, I left the house, went for a walk, burst into tears and I was like, why on earth am I doing this? And then all of a sudden my coach calls me out of the blue and I have no idea how because my girlfriend doesn't have his number so she didn't call him. But I guess he must have picked up on uh, my energy at the end of the training session and he just had this very real conversation with me And uh, it was great because he talked to me and I was like, I haven't won a single round. And then he told me it's not about winning. If you're in this to win every single fight, you may as well quit now. It's about doing the best you can and seeing how much you develop. And then I was like, I still didn't get it at that point. But I was like, I I can't believe it. I've been inspiring all these people. I've been losing. I'm going to have a terrible fight. And then he was like, look, you need to calm down and you need to gain this mental discipline and control over your emotions. And that's when he taught me this visualization technique that he uses, and I still use it to this day whenever I'm preparing for competition, but he told me to envision the octagon. If you can imagine an octagon where mixed martial arts fights happen, that's where I was in a cage, that was kind of where I was gonna have my kickboxing bout. He said, imagine that you're in the middle of this cage, and you've got a bunch of hungry dogs around you. And these hungry dogs, picture them as big, scary, angry Rottweilers, and if you don't feed them, they're gonna come after you, and slowly the chain is extending, and one of them's gonna get to you if you don't feed them and keep them happy. And then he said, imagine those dogs are your emotions. So sometimes when you're going into a fight, you'll have this excitement. And you'll start being jittery and you're like, yeah, I'm really going to do this. I'm going to compete. Everything's going to go really well. And you start getting jittery. And all of a sudden that will cloud your judgment. Okay, well, that dog's come and it's consumed you now. But the important thing isn't to just try and fight with this dog and lock it up. The important thing is to let it take a bite of you. let it, or Give it something to eat. Feed it. So let that take a hold of you just for a moment and feel that excitement. But then let it pass. Let it wash over you. Same thing with fear. You know, if you're a little bit fearful, this can be really beneficial because it enables you to consider different possibilities. Because you were, be like, I'm scared. What are you scared of? I'm scared that he's going to land a kick. Okay, so how can we stop that from happening? Figure out a solution. Let it wash over you. As opposed to fears coming, fears coming, fears coming, thinking about too many things, not finding a solution, and then all of a sudden, that's it. I don't want to do the fight. I'm pulling out. That's that dog of fear consuming you. Same thing can go with happiness. Same thing, like run through your emotions and you can can end up feeding each one and then they can all be beneficial in different ways. That excitement can be good because it can motivate you to fight. The fear can be good because it can get you to consider different problems to find a solution for. Anger, same thing. If you let it out, it can be a big tool because it can really motivate you to do something that I believe is against kind of innate human will. And that's to go and participate in a fight with someone that's arranged who is also very dangerous and skilled, right? Like if you, if you let these emotions, if you feed some of them and use them for your benefit, it can be excellent. But if you let them wash over and consume you, it won't be good. And that's something that I kind of, brought into my day-to-day life because now I think any situation where you might be scared, you might be anxious, you might be overexcited, it's important to be able to acknowledge those feelings, kind of like a meditation. And visualization for me really helps, that little technique really helps me get through anything, whether it's difficult conversations at work or maybe it's uh, going to meet with someone that I don't necessarily want to, or maybe it's going to meet new people, having that technique in my back pocket so that I can really be a bit more mindful and stay disciplined and stay on task has been huge.
0: We're talking mind games. We're talking mental performance. We're talking mental discipline with Finn shanahan over of Team Purica. Uh, he's our own karate kid and, of course, got a big martial arts background. And all you need to do is be listening to him here to know how important that has been for him on this front. And so let's, let's go to a place of where you could do better, Finn. I mean, out of the things that contribute to brain power and, and, and nervous system and, and just everything being in balance, the sleep, the nutrition, uh, meditation, uh, uh, hydration, exercise and movement, as we spoke about earlier. Which are the ones that have been your Achilles heel? Are there any of the ones that, you know, to this day, you still got to pay a little bit of extra attention to, to make sure that you are being fueled, to make sure that you are being balanced uh, and, and as much in a parasympathetic state as possible?
1: Yes. Yes, there is. And I'll tell you one that I still struggle with now and I need to be ever more conscious with as I get older, but um, recovery, recovery like being able to chill out for a little bit and just have those moments where you can just be at ease and relax. Uh, because for me, I'm, I'm always very go, go, go. I like challenging myself. I like seeking new things, but that can also be, um, of detriment to me personally, because I'll be go, 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 go. And then you can only do that for so long before it starts taking away from other areas. Right. And, and that goes for anything in life. I mean, I've been guilty of it with training. I'll train in the morning and then in the evening, and I'll do that six days a week. And then if my body doesn't give out first, which it typically doesn't, but but, um, if my body doesn't give out first, then it will be, you'll see signs of like my relationship suffering or I'll be tired when I'm meant to be working. And I really find that, programming in this time just downtime to relax whether it's by myself or with my girlfriend anything like that it's really beneficial and I need to understand that that's an important part of the healing process whether it's with training or otherwise you know if for example if it doesn't have to be the training maybe you're the type of person who is trying to uh, get that high-flying job or get that promotion so you're putting 110% effort in, you're working in an extra day a week. It's very important to be mindful what that's taken away from. If you're doing that with work, well maybe you're not putting all that, you're not putting the right energy into nutrition. You know, are you feeding yourself well? Are you putting on extra weight or are you losing too much weight? How are you feeling day to day? Are you tired? Are your relationships suffering? You know, it's that sort of thing. It's being able to strike that balance. Maybe, if you want to get that promotion, the best thing for you is showing up 110% on the five days that you work and going above and beyond and saving that mental capacity there, rather than just trying to work harder instead of smarter.
0: Purica lion's mane, uh, that medicinal mushroom, uh, is, is an obvious one when it comes to mental performance, uh, when it comes to uh, you know fueling yourself, uh, supplementing yourself uh, with those adaptogens. But are there other natural supplements uh, inside and outside of the Purica family that uh, uh, that you've identified as working really well for you on the mental side of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a few actually. I mean, sticking with the Purica side for now, on the mental side of things... You're absolutely right. The lion's mane, I mean, game changer. Really, really good. It has a bunch of these compounds in that can cross the blood-brain barrier and then release nerve growth factor, which is very important because nerve growth factor is a molecule itself. If it's produced in other areas of the body, it's quite a large molecule, so it won't cross that blood-brain barrier. So having the lion's mane to actually trigger nerve growth factor release at the site of the brain is really beneficial because then you get all the Uh, wonderful effects of it there. So it will help regrow nerve endings. It will create the optimal environment for learning, retaining information. Um, But another one I really like actually in conjunction with the lion's mane is the cordyceps. And that combo, honestly, it's it's what got me interested in Purica from the very beginning. I actually had a training, how many years ago was it? It must have been four years ago now. And it was our good friend Justin Donaldson and the CEO, one of the CEOs of the company, Jason Watkin, that came down to Vancouver and did a training for me and my team at the time. And I was just blown away. And I, I remember thinking at the end of the session, I thought there's no way these guys are for real. I was, like, I was listening to all of it and I was like, this can't be right. And then, uh, and then they offered two free products to try at the end of the training. And I tried the cordyceps and the lion's mane. And it was a game changer for my training. Um, And I told you why with regard to the lion's mane. But what's interesting about the cordyceps is it increases oxygenation. So it increases your body's ability to absorb oxygen. And the knock-on effect of that is because oxygen is like the final step in aerobic respiration, where you generate all of uh, your body's energy currency, the energy molecule ATP, that's what your body requires to work. And your most energy-hungry tissues are the ones that are active all the time. So your heart and your brain and, of course, your muscles, but heart and brain primarily. So if you need that mental edge and you need that performance, the cordyceps can actually be a lot better than caffeine in some respects because it gives you, instead of that pseudo energy, it gives you that real usable ATP that your brain will need to use if you're learning something new, if you've had a tough week, or if you need to be on top of your game or anything physical. If you want to really supercharge that effect, add it to the coffee in the morning. Love, I really love a good coffee. I make my own every morning. French press, it's part of my morning ritual. Teaspoon of the lion's mane, teaspoon of the cordyceps. Absolute game changer. If you're someone who gets really jittery with the coffee, This is my final one. Sorry, you got me talking here, Tom. Hey, no problem. If you get really jittery with the coffee, then take some L-theanine. L-theanine is an amino acid, and good studies have shown that when you take it with caffeine, it enhances focus, and you don't get those sporadic jitters as much. So if someone was looking for the absolute optimal formulation to wake up and go in the morning in terms of mental energy, I'd say – a really nice coffee, lion's mane powder, cordyceps powder, and then a couple of capsules L-theanine, usually around 500 milligrams. You'll get that really long-lasting mental energy without those crashes.
0: That sounds like a really good roadmap for mental performance, at least enhanced mental performance. We're going to have to reconvene again real soon, Finn. Really appreciate you taking through us, uh, through you know, taking us all through this from a personal point of view, from a professional point of view. Uh, we're oh. going to have to do it again. Uh, you have a terrific weekend. Thanks so much for doing this.
1: Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it.
0: We've been talking to. The Karate Kid, the martial artist of Team Purica, Finn Shanahan-Dover. You've been listening to The Triskilian, the Purica podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Purica Wellness and sign up for our e-newsletter at purica.com.